The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, Nessa Harrigan is with me first and foremost. She's a Green Party TD and she is the party spokesperson on finance and she is supportive of a proposal uh, to implement a wealth tax on billionaires. Uh, Nessa, you're very welcome to the show. Where did this proposal come from and why are you supportive of it? It comes from the Tax Observatory, which is linked to the EU, um, and they have done a huge, actually a huge piece of work in fairness. I think they had over 100 researchers involved in this. And I think what they found is very interesting because obviously in, in, in Ireland, we've had a conversation over the last few years about how you implement a wealth tax. And certainly I know I made a submission to the Welfare and um, Tax Commission at the time a couple of years ago and found that it's it's very tricky thing to do. Um, but what they have come back with and recommended is a 2% tax on wealth um, as opposed to income. And it would affect in the region of 2,700, 2,000, maybe 3,000 of the richest people um, and might net 250 billion annually. And we know that billionaires don't pay a lot of tax at the moment. Very many billionaires are paying less than 1%. So for the rest of us who are paying, you know, 20, 30, 40% in the case of many wealthy people, 50% of their tax, it, it does seem like a good idea and a very good idea to make it a global tax in the same way that the corporation, the minimum tax for corporations into the future is going to be so, a global initiative. So you need all countries in the world to sign up to this. And then and where would the wealth be taxable? It is where that billionaire is resident or where their wealth resides? Well, this is the problem is, you know, at, at an early stage proposal, we're not really sure about that. And you can see with the discussion around, let's say, even our Apple tax, um, how difficult it is about where you assign tax revenues. Is it where the, the person is resident? Is it where the tax is generated? So I, I think that would be very difficult. But if you look at the, the model, I guess, of a, of a global rate, it's mostly where, which is the corporation tax at 15%. Um, it's mostly where it's generated. Now, what we do know about billionaire profits and, and their, their money is that they're intensely mobile. So it, we would need a significant amount of the world's countries to, to sign up to this. Yeah, I mean, how realistic is that? There's only 27 EU member states and we can't get unanimity on tax policy. I think there's 195 countries in the world. Well, you know what? A few years ago, I would have said there's no chance. However, we have seen, you know, sharing of information across banks and reporting of tax that has, a, you know, almost every country has signed up to. We're about, if Ireland is doing it, I never really thought we, we would get on board. But if we are implementing the 15% minimum tax um, for large scale corporations, I think actually we can use that as a model. We can see that, you know, the only per, the only people who are benefiting from the current system and the, the relative impunity with which billionaires operate are the billionaires themselves. They're not adding value to economies anywhere. So I, I think actually I would have said it's impossible, but considering that we've managed to do it in the last few years as a global initiative on other issues, I think we actually could do this. You, you know, when you get that kind of Sunday Times rich list every year uh, and you're going through it to find out where the Irish people are in it or any sports people or actors or whatever it happens to be. Um, and there's usually some kind of maybe a kind of Indian steel magnet or something that's number one you've never heard of and is eye-wateringly wealthy. Um, a lot of the time, th their value isn't kind of financial. They don't have cash in the attic, as it were. You know, it's it's a reflection of yeah. business equity, which is a reflection of, of kind of brand value a lot of the time, which is an intangible asset. You know, it's easy on a balance sheet to say, right, it's, it's kind of our brand value is worth 10 billion quid. It's something else to turn around and say, well, we want 2% then of that as tax in cash, please. 
Well, I think we've all become a bit cynical, you know, watching Trump and Elon Musk claim that they they have huge amounts of wealth and maybe that's not the case. But uh, we do know that, you know, there are a huge amount of billionaires and and one being created every day based on the statistics. There are a huge amount of billionaires in the world. COVID-19, actually, the pandemic was fantastic for them. Um, Many of them actually doubled their their wealth. It it was a very profitable time for for millionaires. And I think that the interesting thing about this proposal is it's it's a tax on wealth and not income. So what the researchers would say is that if you tax just income, what you'll find is that that it'll be almost impossible to remove loopholes out of the system. And and those very wealthy people who have unlimited resources to manage their wealth will Mm. simply put them into shell companies, move them to different jurisdictions. But if you make it about wealth, they will A, have to report it honestly, and B, it will be making very, very difficult to avoid that tax. Uh, Stay with us. Uh, Seamus Coffey's on the line as well, former chair of the Fiscal Advisory Council and a lecturer in economics at University College Cork in UCC. Um, Seamus, is there merit in this proposal? Like in principle, like wealth taxes uh, have a lot going for them. Uh, I, I think uh, when we look at particularly this proposal, uh, you'd see maybe concerns and issues around the implementation and maybe in overall terms, is it uh, a, a recommendation or a proposal that uh, is of a scale to warrant the coverage it's getting? Like if you look at the, the 240, 250 odd billion it is proposed to raise, like in global terms, uh, that's about 30 euro per annum for every person in the world. I'm assuming the the money wouldn't be spread on a, a simple basis like that, but like we would be spending as long discussing a, a 30 euro a year measure from our own budget uh, as opposed to a, a 30 euro a year measure from a, a global uh, wealth tax. And if you look at it again from an Irish perspective, like what sort of Irish people would come under it, and where would the money come from to pay for it? Like I suppose the more high profile people from an Irish perspective uh, that would fall under this would of course be the Collison brothers. Uh, the founders and still remaining stakeholders in Stripe, the online payments company. Uh, now, say that in total, say that the two brothers, say their overall wealth, uh, as measured by the the approach to wealth taken in this proposal, is is 10 billion. Like, say they're worth 10 billion. Yeah. Uh, they own about a fifth of the company, uh, and most valuations would put, would put the value of the company around 50 billion, uh, and they own around a fifth of that. So that puts their uh, wealth at 10 billion, at two percent. Um, that would be 200 million a year. Uh, that the Collinsons would have to pay um, under this proposal for for a 2% tax, you'd simply have to ask where they're getting this. Uh, Stripe as a company possibly hasn't even made a profit yet. It is a, a company that has massive potential. It is in an early stage. It's, it's moving up quite rapidly and it's potentially moving close to profitability as a yes. But the Collinson brothers own a fifth of a company that other people have valued at $50 billion that they've been buying 10% stakes, 1% stakes in various funding rounds. And it's not really the Collison's fault that this new venture, which clearly does add value, we all like online transactions uh, and a way to facilitate those is valuable for all of us, that other people value that at 50 billion. And then someone turns around and says to Patrick and John, sorry, can you find us 200 million somewhere uh, to pay a tax? And you have to ask yourself, well, where are they going to get it? And you say, well, they're billionaires. Of course they have it. They have it in the value of their company. So you'd say, sorry, you have to sell a stake in your company. And they'd say, we've sold down a lot uh, for various investment reasons. You know, it's telling us we have to sell some of our company for, for tax reasons. You say, absolutely, we want 200 million. You go in and find it. And if you do that over a kind of a number of years, you'd find that their stake uh, in their own company will be reduced. 
okay, in time, you could imagine that the company might generate profits at the moment. It isn't. And for a lot of the very high net worth individuals, as you said, it's not necessarily cash in the air. It's not cold, hard cash that they have. A lot of it's built up in, in business equity. And that's why there are billionaires being generated on an ongoing basis. People with startups that go through funding rounds and have huge valuations. Uh, it's not necessarily being drawn out of the economy in the sense of profits. It's not a, um, a zero-sum game where one person has to gain another person. We've all gained from the Stripe or the Collison Brothers founding Stripe, uh, and that company is worth 50 billion. That's created huge wealth. It took it from nobody, uh, it, but it gave something to everyone. Uh, I mean, the, the way Seamus describes it, Nessa, I mean, uh, he, you know, he, he duly uh, said there is merit in these uh, proposals in principle, but it sounds like an awful lot of work uh, for not a, necessarily a huge amount of return. I think actually the 2% is a fairly modest proposal and that's I think because there is a recognition that it will be difficult to calibrate. But I think it's a really, really important principle, the idea that this level of we- you know wealth inequality in the world not only is unfair, and I know Oxfam had a very good report in 2020 looking at the impacts of not paying tax. Like, I mean, you, you know, you're describing them in kind of a benevolent way there, but not paying tax, paying less than 1% tax has a real impact on schools and trans support and governments. And, and and on top of that, then what we're seeing with, with some of these billionaires is that they're having a very negative impact on, on our basic, you know, democracy, that they, they kind of skew um, some of the debates. So I, I think that, you know, you can say that it's a kind of a benevolent um, and, and uh, that they're providing employment, but this is not a tax on a corporation. This is a tax on an individual. Mm. I don't necessarily know if tech startups are the best place to calibrate that. However, what I would say is that you can see that you know, there's a real opaqueness to the market when it comes to estimating what people's wealth is. That's actually not a good thing. And the fact that people don't pay tax is part of that story. If they had to pay some kind of a global tax, then we might understand much in a much more real way what people are actually yeah. worth. And we're, that would be all to the good because we're looking at things like crypto and, and you know, even Tesla. What's it really worth? Is that a, is that a meaningful estimation of what it's worth? It, and actually, the answer is often it's not. It'll be like when uh, the property tax was introduced of all these billionaires telling revenue that actually their big tech startup is only worth a couple of million quid. Uh, Ignore everything they said uh, previously about their mansion on Shrewsbury Road. Uh, Nessa Harrigan, thank you for joining us at Green Party TD for Dublin Central and spokesperson on uh, finance and health. And Seamus Coffey as well, former chair of the Fiscal Advisory Council and a lecturer in economics at UCC. Uh, One listener says, how do you judge someone as wealthy when their wealth is buried in a myriad of offshore companies and trusts? And another listener points out that all it takes is a Monaco or a Cayman Islands to book the trend and then it all becomes irrelevant. They'll leave their assets and companies and trusts so it will continue to be a voluntary quote-unquote system. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.